Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Annihilation. Annihilation was written by Jeff Vandermeer and published in 2018. And the film adaptation uh, was directed by Alex Garland and came out this year, 2018. Came out just a few days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is our first um, episode review slash critique slash whatever um, that we're doing on a movie that just came out. Yeah, and we're super excited to do this one because it's a twisty, creepy, scary sci-fi thriller thing. Yeah, definitely <laughs> the weirdest uh, book we've talked about, oh, I'd yeah. say. Oh, yeah. Pretty pretty comfortable. Maybe the weirdest movie, too. Yeah, weird. Weird as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But it's exciting to get to because, you know, we went to the theater and we'd already read the book and everything. And now we're recording and it's just kind of exciting to be so fresh. with yeah. that. So. And, and let me just say, you don't get the same experience watching a movie here as you do in a theater. You don't yeah. get that experience of a couple <laughs> literally laying on top of each other in the seat beside you, <laughs> making you extremely uncomfortable. I like what you have to say about the magic of the theater, Ian. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have so much to say about um, like horny teenagers who managed to cram themselves into one. Now, the seats are bigger now. Yeah. They've kind of renovated them. So the they're, recliner they're like recliners. Um, you wouldn't think two people could really cram in there, but you know what? They found a way, God willing. <laughs> they managed to, and then I had to listen to throughout the entire movie, like they were quiet, but they were talking to each other just constantly. Just like whispering, like, <laughs> and 50% of it was just, oh, sorry, hold on. Sorry, you're, you're just, you're depressing on me. <laughs> like, like them adjusting themselves. And I swear to God, she did not watch one second of the movie. Her face was like, just on his chest yeah like resting there the entire time yeah probably w- looking at me I, I never i never <laughs> looked over but that's like the direction her face was facing so at least uh nothing happened that we know of <laughs> that, yeah nothing that i had to call them out on publicly so but you know that's the magic of the movie theater it is why aren't people why are people not going to the theater as much these days i don't i don't know i really don't know (laughs) (laughs) we had to sit like way up front too because we were running late so like we just got the seats like in the front row and it's nice because you can like recline the seats now so you're not as like close as you would be in a regular theater but it's still like it was huge and we were so close. Huge. And it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it does take a little away from, like, the cinematic quality of it. Because you, you're kind of getting this really warped perspective of, like, yeah. the shots and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still appreciate a lot of it, but yeah. not quite as much as, you know, a normal seat. <laughs> it was a fun time. It was a good experience. It was good. It was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into this because we have a lot to talk about with these two stories. So if any of you have heard about um, this movie or this book at all, it's so interesting. It, it's like kind of like a sci-fi. I'm sorry, I said interesting. We're trying not to say interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't, you can't point it out to them. <laughs> it's so crazy and weird. And the book is only like, it's less than 200 pages long. You yeah. know, you start reading it and it's just this quick, very absorbing read about this biologist character who kind of finds herself in this crazy landscape where everything is just screwed up. Yeah, and honestly, I could not put this book down 
like near the end like the second half of the book yeah. was just really i was just totally engrossed and it no idea what was going on mm-hmm. but i couldn't put it down yeah and the setup is that so the main character um in the book we just know her as the biologist mm-hmm. um she kind of goes on this expedition into area x and they don't Really, she doesn't really know when she first goes in what she's going to find there. But basically, it's been quarantined and they've been sending expeditions in um, to try to find out what's happening here. But like something has gone wrong, whether like it's a, an experiment or like some bi- biological related or something is bad. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some shit has gone down. Yes. And she's not sure to what extent yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, chronologically, though. You know, there's flashbacks. The movie takes it more chronologically than the book does. The book kind of periodically fills in gaps. From her past. From her past. But essentially, um, she was a biologist who was married. And her husband signed up. He was in the military Mm -hmm. and was a medic. And signed up for some kind of mysterious, unknown uh, mission. And she didn't know a lot about it. And he left for it. Yeah. And in the movie, she thinks he died because he's just gone for so long and she has no idea what happened to him. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of assuming he's dead. And in the book, uh, he's just it's during the mission that he's, you know, he's just gone. And one day he just shows up back at the house. Yeah. And he doesn't. He's like being real weird. You know, she's like, how did you get back? I thought you were, you know, on your mission. And he doesn't remember coming back. And he doesn't remember his mission and doesn't want to talk about it. And it's just like super creepy and strange. And then in both instances, he gets really sick. And this government comes and picks him up. This government group organization. And this is one of the major divergences of the book versus the movie. In the book... Uh, he has some kind of severe, you know, cancer radiation type thing. Yeah. And he dies pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie, though, he's in the same kind of condition. He's having major organ failure and hemorrhaging internally. Yeah. But he's he's hanging on. He's like kind of in a coma type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she knows that he went on this like super secret mission. Mm-hmm. And um, in the book anyway she wants to kind of go into the same area that he went into if not to find out exactly what happened to him to maybe be close to him in some way yeah yeah she's really dealing with a lot with his death yeah and is kind of taking on this almost suicide mission Mm -hmm. to kind of find out what happened like you said be close to him be where he was yeah in a way and kind of learn where what happened to him basically in his final days and in the movie it's almost like she's looking for something to cure him yeah like if she goes into area x she'll somehow find a way to make him healthy again Mm -hmm. somehow yeah there's much more of a a drive like a clearly defined motivation for her yeah in the movie in terms of I'm trying to save my husband. I have to go into this area. Mm-hmm. So she goes into Area X with this team yeah. uh, of all women. And I, I like this setup because it's all women because they've kind of been sending different groups into Area X. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, 
with varying um, uh, variables. Yeah. <laughs> where, you know, usually it's all men to some degree. And now they're like, well, let's try women. Let's see what happens. Maybe the women will come out. <laughs> and, and the biologist knows when she volunteers for this and when she's going to go in. Like, m- all of the expeditions, like, th- none of them have come back, you know? In the movie. Yeah. So the book's a little different. Mm-hmm. Or at least we think she's been told that in the in the book that, you know, some of the early expeditions came back and then some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. And then other times, like they've killed each other. Other times they don't know what happened to them. There's kind of very different accounts. Yeah. Of what is happening to these people in the movie. It's more straightforward. It's just no one's coming back. Yeah. Except her husband. Mm-hmm. Except, yeah, he is the first thing slash person to come back. Mm-hmm. So she's with this all female ragtag <laughs> military <laughs> squadron. And in the book, so they only refer to each other by the names of their um, profession. So she is only called the biologist throughout the whole book. Yeah. And we never find out her name. In the movie, we find out that her name is Lena. And um, we learn the names of the other members of the team as well, but I don't remember them. Um, in the book, it's the biologist, there's a psychologist, a surveyor, and an anthropologist. So mm-hmm. there's four. Yeah, there's four because the fifth one kind of like chickened out of the mission at the last minute. Yeah. But yeah, it gives it a weird vibe. And <clears throat> this is kind of an early hint that the the m- military group that she's working under is called the Southern Reach. Mm-hmm. And uh, something that we we should mention right off the bat right now is... Uh, this book is a part of a trilogy. Yes. It's the first book of a trilogy. Called the Southern Reach called Trilogy. Called the Southern Reach Trilogy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have only read this first book, uh, but that's fine because so did the director. Yeah. The director so had not we're read. we're pretty sure there's nothing in the movie that is in the other two books. Yeah, we're fairly confident about that. We don't know for sure. So yeah. if you're listening to this and you're familiar with the trilogy and- we We're, somehow screwed up a bit. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> if there's other things that are like revealed later, a connection. I don't think there are though, because I think he primarily just adapted from the original mm-hmm. novel. Um, but yeah, so they're not allowed to know each other's names. Yeah, it's kind of this military tactic. And on top of this, in the book, they're also being uh, hypnotized. Yeah. Which always works out. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a great strategy. Like they don't. Um, remember crossing the border into Area X. And they talk about the border as being like this kind of mythical, crazy, trippy thing. Um, And it's implied that they need to be hypnotized to go through the border. Like there's something that would maybe make you crazy just going through the border. Um, Because they talk about how the psychologist hypnotizes them and then hypnotizes herself and then they go over the border. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty wild. But I love this um, element of the book because they get to Area X and for the most part, things are just normal. normal. Mm-hmm. And in fact, them not even recalling what the border is, you know, or what it looks like or what do they mean by the border? What What is this border they're talking about? Yeah. Uh, it adds this element of, you know... They could be anywhere. They could be anywhere, yeah. And on top of it, you know, they all of this weird uh, 
military like psychological tactics they're using not using each other's names and like all this other stuff you start to wonder i'm like early on i was like they could literally just be in a field somewhere and this is some weird psychological test yeah experiment yeah Yeah. because everything weird about this is just what is being uh imposed on them by the southern reach yeah so it was it kind of adds this like paranoia yeah specifically a government (laughs) paranoia Mm -hmm. so i like that that's it's an interesting factor to the book and partway through when you're reading the book you realize that the book is uh the biologist journal so they all have a journal that they can write in while they're in area x and you quickly realize that this is the biologist journal so as you're reading it you're like you know we have no idea if this is what's actually happening. You know, it's from Mm -hmm. one person's perspective, very limited. And like, what could be causing her to think these things is her perspective biased. And then the other thought that came to me when I was reading it, I'm like, we don't know if she makes it, you know, someone could be reading this later. They could have recovered this journal Mm -hmm. in another expedition. Like it kind of added to that sense of like, man, like anything could happen and everything is very, uh, biased yeah but there's definitely kind of an unreliable narrator quality going on uh (laughs) like and then so at first you're like okay she's definitely crazy and then you read about another character like no she's definitely (laughs) crazy and then someone else you're like oh she's losing it too but i don't know if she is because the narrator just might be crazy yeah she might think she's crazy but it's only because the biologist herself is crazy Mm, the plot thickens and becomes cloudy (laughs) the movie kind of has an interesting perspective because there's the plot line of the biologist going into area x and then there's also flashbacks to her life with her husband you know Mm -hmm. and what happened to him and then there's also flash forwards to a time where we're supposed to assume that she's come out of area x and she's being questioned yeah and in fact that's like right where the movie starts she's being questioned about you know, and it's it's a good foreshadowing because she initially tells you, yeah, some people are dead. Uh, you know, he's asking how he, like I love the first question is, what did you eat? Yeah. She's like, what? He's like, you were in there for four months and we only gave you rations for like two weeks. What did you eat? She's like, I, I don't know. She's like, I, I don't remember eating. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I like that um, foreshadowing element. I'm going to sneeze. It's like everyone <coughs> walked into an acid trip. Like, yes. And then was like, one person was spit back out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to, from here, I think, talk about the book some. Yeah. Because the book and movie are very different. In their plot. In their plots. Yeah. And... It'd be too confusing to jump around too much. And there's not much to compare in some of these parts either because they're so different. You know, you can't really compare them if they're just completely different. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, to what extent are we comparing them? Yeah. Uh, But early on in their exploration of Area X, they come across a weird... In the book. In the book. I'm sorry. Yes, we're we're, we're in book. (laughs) We're in book mode right now. Um, They come across a weird, like, uh, cement... Raised circular platform. raised platform that you can go inside of and it's essentially this tunnel that goes straight down with steps with steps and it's like this spiraling staircase going down yeah and they discover it and it's not on any of the maps and no one really knows what it is like it, it's man-made it seems to be but like they're not sure what its purpose is it doesn't seem to be 
it's, it's bizarre. It's super weird. And they yeah. go in, and it gets weirder because they discover writing on this wall going down the staircase, going down the staircase, and it's written in like a glowing fungus, like yeah. plant material, a living organism. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's human words. It's like some it sounds biblical almost yeah it's super creepy sounding it's just like something about like the seeds will like the seeds of darkness shall bloom with yeah. the blood of the, the dead the, of the dead <laughs> watered in the garden of the like it's weird and it's just an on i think it's just a run-on sentence yeah. i think like the entire way mm-hmm. and they're just like what the fuck um and the biologist makes the classic horror movie uh, it's like Alien, you know, when they see the eggs yeah. and the guy puts his face right over the egg and he's like, what's this? And then a uh, a face hugger, you <laughs> yeah. know, j- jumps on him. Flashes on. She does this exact thing. She puts her face right up in the words and a little spore puff like goes all in her face and yeah. she inhales it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is fine. This is fine. And I mean, she's a biologist. So like she sees that this is a living organism written on the wall. And so she's like, I need to see like what this is. But then she gets too close. She gets spored. Also, an interesting thing is the biologist. Every time she thinks about this thing <laughs> in the ground, the only thing that comes to mind is the tower. Yeah. And you're like, the fuck like it goes into the earth like it's a tunnel and every other part of member of her team is like it's a tunnel and she can't think of it that way yeah she the only thing she can think of it and she talks about it the whole time throughout the book as the tower yeah and she's like listen guys i don't want you to think i'm crazy yet (laughs) but this is definitely a tower that's just in the ground Okay, it's perspective, people. (laughs) And And they're like, sure. Yeah, they're like slowly raising their guns. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so questions are raised. They don't know what to do. They don't know what this thing is that isn't on the map, and they're not really sure how to uh, proceed with everything. Because they were supposed to go to, like, there's this lighthouse on their map, I think. Yeah. And And they were supposed to explore kind of the other areas. Mm -hmm. The question is... Did the Southern Reach know about the tower tunnel? You know, it, did they put it on the? Did they not put it on the map because they didn't know about it, or was that on purpose? Like, do they want them to discover it on their own? You know, what's going on? It's yeah. really confusing. And then, kind of adding to this is uh, the biologist quickly decides to not trust the psychologist. And, you know, they we were all they were all hypnotized to cross into Area X. But then when they come back up out of the tower tunnel, um, the biologist or the psychologist like tries to hypnotize all of them. Yeah. And the biologist is now immune to it. Yeah. And she realizes that it's because of the spores, she thinks. She's contaminated. She's contaminated. <laughs> and so she's kind of playing along, but she realizes, oh, shit, like the psych psychologist is like she's using um this trigger words trigger words yeah and brainwashing to kind of make everyone compliant yeah and to kind of go along with everything and it gets just creepier because one thing she says is you will continue to see this structure as being made of rock yeah and she's like what the fuck oh my like God. if it's not made of rock what is it yeah and and then i was you you have no idea you have no idea what the fuck is going on anymore. No. Part of me was thinking, 
Are is there no tower at all? Are they just like in a field thinking they're in a tower? <laughs> they're like descending into the ground <laughs> and they're just going in circles. And they're like, whoa, look at these words. <laughs> and the psychologist Seriously, it's is an just, acid trip. Yeah, it is. Um, so, so they decide to go back into the tower tunnel. Um, but the psych- psychologist is like, uh, you guys go down. I'll just stand watch here. I'm going to watch the door. <laughs> and the biologist is really suspicious. She's like, well, you know, what's going on? What is she going to do to us? Is she going to try to kill us when we come back up? Um, but she's super curious about the tower and she almost like can't resist it. Yeah. And she feels like whatever is inside her now um, is sort of like driving her to go there. And she describes this thing that she's starting to feel as the brightness. Yeah. So she's contaminated (laughs) for sure. Yeah. And she can't even like deny it. Mm -hmm. She's just like, I'm so bright. So they start exploring farther down into the tower. Yeah. And this was the creepiest part for me. This was like where I was getting real. Like I was reading this late at night. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there being like super paranoid and like weirded out. And it put me in a real weird headspace of mm-hmm. just being creeped out. But they're going down and they start to discover like a residue on the steps going down. And on top of that, they realize that the writing on the wall, the like the fungi or whatever it is, seems to be coming fresher. Like the it's farther they it's go more down. recent. It's glowing a little bit more. And then they're like who's writing this and they continue and this trail on the stairs gets thicker this membrane it's like a slime trail yeah and she's like i don't know what this something's writing this yeah and she starts referring to it as the crawler Ugh. and oh man this is one of those deals where what's left to your imagination is the scariest thing yeah because you just picture this disgusting thing and what what is it doing? Is it yeah. crazed? Does it know more What's than the purpose? Yeah. Uh, they quickly come across the the anthropolog the body of the anthropologist. Anthropologist. I keep getting that word <laughs> tongue tied. Anthropologist. Uh, and she's just messed up. She got wrecked by something. Yeah. She, she's like severely burned. Yeah. And deformed. And then there's like fungus growing around her and in her uh but she does discover like she had taken a sample of something Mm -hmm. so like the biologist just like just picks up these vials and just pockets them and she kind of has this theory because they see um they saw footsteps going down into the the tower tunnel when they were going down they're like someone else came down before us and so this the biologist kind of has this theory that um the anthropologist and the psychologist went down last night, the yeah, night before. Yeah. And that maybe the anthropologist was hypnotized into doing it. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that they saw the crawler. Yeah. And she thinks that the psychologist made the anthropologist try to take a sample mm-hmm. and that the anthropologist was killed in the process, which would explain why the psychologist is like, oh, she just went home. <laughs> <laughs> and she looked like a mess. Yeah. Uh, so they decide not to continue and confront the crawler themselves. They're like, let's not. Let's let's head back up. So they go back up. Oh wait, one more thing. When they're in the tower or the tunnel, um, the biologist starts to oh, feel yeah. like it's alive. <laughs> yep. Like she can hear like a heartbeat inside mm-hmm. of it, 
and she feels like the walls are moving or like breathing slowly and she's like is this because i'm contaminated am i hallucinating because of it or is the contamination or do i see the truth removing like the hypnosis (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) the the, the scales have fallen from my eyes man yeah basically this is like weird as as you can get (laughs) yeah um could you tell us a little bit about oh yeah the origin of this book because now seems like a good time so i wanted to look up some more stuff about the author and the author lives in florida and i was reading kind of this essay that he had written for a a magazine about uh, writing the books and he was talking about um how like fungi and kind of spores and mold and that type of stuff is super common in Florida because it's just so damp and wet there that that kind of stuff pops up all the time. So that kind of explains his focus on that. And that's really prominent in the book. And it's also featured heavily in the movie too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the weirdness is like fungal related. Yeah. And, um, he talked about how he had some kind of like dental surgery. And then after the surgery, he got really sick. Like he had bronchitis and the flu and was just not doing well. It was sort of feverish. And then one night he had this dream that he was kind of walking down this staircase. And basically the scene that we just talked about in the book, he had a dream that he was like seeing these words on a wall written in, in like a fungi and that he he was like kind of rounding the corners in this, you know, tunnel and he knew that there was something ahead of him like writing the words and there's just this feeling of dread and like panic that he would find it and it would like see him and stuff and he woke up of course and then was just like oh my god i have to make this into the creepiest book ever <laughs> <laughs> when you explain this to me it suddenly just made so much sense i'm like this is a nightmare it is like, exactly it's a like, fever dream it is it really is like everything about this just it taps that- into that that feeling that you get in dreams where you like know that something is there but you don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, like that feeling. Oh, <laughs> getting scared. I know. <laughs> so uh, they return. The psychologist is gone. Uh, she's vanished. She peaced out. <laughs> and the surveyor and the biologist are like, what do we do now? And essentially, the surveyor wants to go back to the border for what they call extraction. Yeah. They can just be like removed. And... The biologist wants to continue to the lighthouse. And see what's up with the lighthouse. Yeah, she's like, I want to know what's up with the lighthouse. I think that might be where the psychologist went. And I think we can learn a lot. And the surveyor is like, you are crazy. She's like, you're fucked up. I don't know. You've been (laughs) acting weird this whole time. I don't know what's up with you, but I know that something's off. And the biologist is like, what? I'm fine. Me? (laughs) Don't. Don't call me crazy because I'm so shiny and sparkly, okay? (laughs) You're crazy. You're too dim. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna cut away here, yeah, and talk a little bit about the movie Mm -hmm. because we've kind of covered a lot of what is weird about the book and Area X, and the movie's very different. It has a totally different approach, and they don't have the tower 
slash tunnel is not in the movie. Which yeah. is why we want to kind of talk about it in isolation in itself. Because mm-hmm. it's such an important part of the book, but it's not um, really in the movie at all. Which is a shame, but uh, they had other things going on. And when they enter Area X, they enter the border and it's just like a shimmery... Almost like bubble. It looks like, yeah, like soap yeah. bubbles. Like yeah. there's kind of that like multicolored like effect going through it. And they call it the shimmer. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It's, I like that. I think Me it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And so that is a part that's different from the book. They actually see the border and they're like, yeah, that shit's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I see it I, right I can there. see it with my eyes. It's crazy. <laughs> so that weird like removal of the weirdness in the book isn't there <laughs> like clearly there's sci-fi shit going on yeah um so the the team of now five women in the movie enter area x and there's kind of a weird um lapse of memory yeah at the beginning where you know natalie portman's character uh leanne lena oh is it lena yeah oh, damn it uh <laughs> lena gets out of her tent mm-hmm and they're all like looking at food and stuff and she's like um does anyone remember making camp or anything and they're like no also it looks like we've been here for a few days because of the rations and they're like no one remembers mm-hmm. anything and that's this fine. is the part where i thought they were gonna do something with the hypnotism thing yeah that's what i assumed too it, it, and they kind of like focus on the psychologist a bit and make her seem sort of like creepy like maybe she's been hypnotizing them i'm like oh yeah she's been hypnotizing them but then it's never brought up again yeah so it's just sort of like we don't really know why they all lost their memory it could have been the psychologist but it could have just been area x itself do you think that was something that was maybe removed from the movie in like the edit like maybe maybe because the way they framed the the shots it it put the psychologist sort of like when they were talking about it, yeah. she doesn't say anything and she's kind of looking like she knows something. Yeah. And I don't know if like I, I thought maybe they're trying to build up like uh, distrust. Yeah. There. But on the other hand, I don't think anyone would be guessing that the psychologist would have a way or reason of doing that. Yeah. Like it only seems like if you had read the book, mm-hmm. you would be suspicious. So, Yeah. I don't know if that was just a nod to people who know the book or if something was left out in the edit, but yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, mm-hmm. but it is kind of abandoned. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they're kind of going through like exploring and stuff and they're also trying to get to the lighthouse and, um, the area X of the movie is a lot different than the area X of the book. And for good reason. I mean, they have to show it to us. Yeah. Whereas as in the book, you kind of create this environment of like creepiness and suspicion. Um, but the movie is much more visual about its weirdness. Yeah. They come across early uh, these flowers that seem to be like changing color and shape and stuff like off one branch. Like it's the same plant. Yeah. So uh, Lena definitely knows something is weird with that. And then they discover early on a huge uh, alligator or crocodile. Mm -hmm. I don't know which uh, that attacks them. And after they shoot it and kill it, they see that its teeth are like a shark's teeth. Yeah. Where it has rows of teeth. And they were just like, what? What is this? Is this a crossbreed? Like, how is this happening? Mm -hmm. And they continue to explore and just run into like weird animals plants like everything is sort of wrong there 
Yeah. Uh, so eventually they make camp at an old army base mm-hmm. and they realize that the previous uh, ex- exploration team had made camp there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which was uh, Lena's husband was part of that team. <laughs> yeah. Kane was mm-hmm. his name. And so they're like, yeah, you know, that team that died, let's stay the night where they stayed the night <laughs> and just do everything they did. Yeah. Like I see that they were keeping watch and like kind of like scared of something let's like stay here and then also be (laughs) tormented by something so they discover a videotape and the videotape oh my god it's so disturbing oh my god it It was like so gross because we were so close in the movie theater like the screen was really close to you and then you're watching this video clip and it they show kane lena's husband and they they're holding a guy kind of like against a wall and he doesn't seem to be like he, he seems to be going with it almost yeah but kane takes this knife and like pushes it into his stomach Ugh. and cuts like the front of his stomach of open. his stomach open and like reveals his insides Ugh. and it's so gross and then you see like what looks like in- his intestines are like sliding and moving around inside of him yeah and they like Kane just seems crazy. Yeah. You know, like they're I I, I don't They're know, literally look, cutting someone open. Yeah, you know and, what I mean? And they're just like, oh my God, like look at this and like yeah. touching it. And you don't know why they would do that. No. Because they're like reassuring the guy they're doing this to. They're like, it's okay. It's, it's okay. A, we're almost done. Yeah. I'm like almost done with what? Like, like <laughs> what do you what do you, what does he think is happening here? To me, it didn't even look like his intestines. It looked like something that was just inside him, like coiling around inside him. Yeah. I don't know. It was so gross. <laughs> <laughs> like it was really tough to watch that scene. Yeah, it, it was, was really gross. Bad. But of course, Lena's watching this and she's like, shit. And she hasn't told anyone in the expedition that her husband was in the previous expedition. So she's trying to, like, she's kind of keeping this from them. Mm-hmm. And now she's sort of like, I really need to keep this from them because if they think that, you know, what he did is somehow related to me, like, they'll turn on me. Yeah. So. Uh, but then they go to um, a room in this facility that's a drained pool. Cause they real, I, I think it was the psychologist realizes that's where the video clip was. Yeah. And she finds it. And this part was so creepy and cool and bizarre, but they find the body of the guy they had cut open. Yeah. And, and there's just this explosion of things growing out of him. Like this fungus, like growing along the wall Mm -hmm. and literally like it's pushed the top half of his like his head his body like upwards away from like the legs that are still on the ground yeah and it's and something i love about this movie is it combines like the beautiful with the horrific yeah it's not like bloody or gross or anything no but it's just like this mold fungus thing that we were talking about earlier yeah and that kind of goes with like the whole movie and the visuals like this environment's gorgeous it is you know what i mean like there's kind of a colorful haze in the air like all the vegetation's lush there's kind of like all these animals are really weird and interesting and it's kind of turning like the ugly into the beautiful yeah super crazy uh and really visually cool i really loved that 
body visual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they camp there for the night, and during the night, they hear something outside, and they all end up outside in this field. And then one of them gets picked off by some kind of wild animal that they can't see. Yeah, Shepard, the one girl, is just like, attacked by a bear-like thing and dragged into the woods. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was so terrible. You can just hear her screaming as she's being pulled away and they try catching up to her, but they can't. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they find her later and she's definitely dead. Yeah. So they kind of are just continuing Mm -hmm. and they end up at this town. uh, Abandoned village, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was as the, uh, border expanded because that's that's another element is that the area x is growing yeah and in its first year it absorbed this small town and it was evacuated so they kind of you know come to this town and make base and i this is another visually beautiful thing there are these trees and plants growing that are human shaped yeah like it's just a, a tree with like flowers on it but in the shape of a person and you're like Okay. (laughs) Like, what did this used to be a person? Or are the trees just growing in a person shape? Like, what's happening? And this is where uh, one of the other members uh, has, like, kind of the revelation about Area X being a prism. Yeah. So she was talking about, like, no radio communications are going out or in. And she says, like, they are passing through, but they're being, um, like, refracted and, like, yeah. broken apart. Mm-hmm. And she said, basically, all of Area X is a huge prism, not just in terms of light and sound, but, like, biology. Like... DNA. DNA and the biology of, like, animals and plants and everything are being, like, crossed with each other, mm-hmm. you know, and forming new things. So these plants that are growing based on the biology of, like, a human. Yeah. Like, with hips and legs and a head. Will, like, have human DNA. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the, the the crocodile that has, like, shark DNA in it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really liked this kind of explanation. It's kind of a dive... It's loosely based on some things in the book, yeah. I'd say. Because yeah. the book also has some kind of an explanation for its weirdness relating to biology yeah um but the movie definitely just kind of explains it more and they're like this is what's happening Mm -hmm. and i kind of appreciated that like i I think it's good to have some answers yeah and it does make a creepy revelation when they're like it's also refracting our dna yeah what's happening to us yeah like we're being changed or things are being changed based on us Mm -hmm. uh so (laughs) (laughs) so with that everyone's like our DNA is changing and all every, anyone can think about is that guy in the video who mm-hmm. had like shit going on inside him. And they're all like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> best not to think about it. <laughs> so they spend a night in the house and the biologist is awoken by Gina Rodriguez's character, who I guess is, uh, from Jane, the Virgin. Yeah. I did not recognize her at all, but she's great in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just losing her shit. Yeah. She has them all tied up. She she found out that Lena, her husband, was in the previous expedition. Yeah. And she's like, you lied. You've so. all been lying to us. What's <laughs> happening? Like kind of blaming her for her being like scared. Yeah. About yeah. everything. And she's, she was saying like, my, I, I can, my fingerprints are moving. I can see them moving. She's like, if I cut myself open, will that, that be inside me? Yeah. <laughs> 
And then she's Ugh. like, I'm going to cut you open. It's this whole like thing. <laughs> she's like holding them hostage. And then they hear uh, the voice of the dead woman, Shepard, outside. Yeah, screaming for screaming help. Screaming outside. And immediately, uh, Gina Rodriguez's character is like, you said she was dead. And so she runs outside to help her. Yeah. And then you just hear her scream. And then what, like, comes bear, like, what comes walking into the house but this bear thing? I feel like it kind of looks like a boar. So I refer to it as, like, the bear boar. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But, like, kind of it's, like, front skull is like partially exposed yeah and it's got very large teeth it's really creepy looking it's super creepy and it's the cre- so scary the creepiest thing is when it opens its mouth you hear the voice of that woman shepherd shepherd like kind of crying out yeah and uh gina said or lena says later that you know somehow when she died this monster kind of absorbed part of her part of her Oh, but it's it's so chilling this moment because they're still tied to chairs. Yeah, and, and they can't get they can't get free, and this thing is just in the house with them, like yeah. screaming a human scream, <laughs> <laughs> screaming the scream of human suffering. Yeah. Uh, so it's about to like start digging into them when, uh, the crazed woman who you thought was killed outside comes back in, shoots at it. She gets fucked up and dies, and then in the kerfuffle, the ensuing kerfuffle, <laughs> uh, the the bear boar yeah. is shot is shot dead. Mm-hmm. So Gina Rodriguez's character is dead, and that shepherd person is also still it, dead. Still dead. <laughs> yeah, we thought she might not be because you heard her screaming, but no, she was just killed in a horrible way. <laughs> yep. Uh, what did you? Th- I loved that scene though. It was like so tense. It was and... very scary. Yeah. So it scared me. How did you? How did you? I, I never kind of asked you. How did you handle this movie watching it in the so, theater? Because uh, you're not you're not big on horror. Yeah. Movies. Any listeners? I might have mentioned this, but uh, I do not like horror movies. Um, this was uh pushing it a bit for me. Yeah. Like this scene in particular was really scary. And then I don't I don't really don't like gore. So the scene with like cutting open that guy's stomach was really rough on me. Um it was funny, like on the ride home from the theater, I was like writing notes and stuff, and then I got super nauseous all of a sudden, and I couldn't tell if it was because I was writing notes in a car, which is guaranteed to make you motion sick. Or two, that we sat (laughs) too close to the movie screen and that just kind of like fucked with my like perception and like my eyes and stuff. Or three, the movie was just really gross. (laughs) Yeah. And it might have been a uh, situation sandwich where it was all of them. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, roll down the windows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was was curious because I never really asked from a horror perspective. Yeah. I, I don't feel too disturbed by it now. I don't like movies that I disturb me long into the future after I've seen them, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it hasn't been too bad if I just don't think about certain things for too long. But yeah, it was mostly okay. It wasn't the worst. Okay, that's yeah. good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um, so after the incident, there's an interesting scene where uh, Lena's talking to Tessa Thompson's character, mm-hmm. and there's this interesting moment where they're talking about their biology changing and what they're gonna do and what their plan should be, and Tessa Thompson's being very kind of contemplative and reflective about like them dying there yeah and as she's talking about this we learned 
earlier from Shepard's character that she had, you know, inf- inflicted harm on herself, like cutting her wrists yeah. in the past. And so you see those scars on her arm now. And as she's talking, you see little vines coming out. Yeah. Like growing out of her. And she kind of wanders off and Lena tries following her. And you can tell as she's walking, it's just getting worse and worse. Yeah. And she rounds a corner. And when Lena gets there, she's gone. And you just see. It's just a field of tree people. Of tree people. And you are led to assume that she just became one of them, I guess. Yeah. And she was kind of saying before she tree-ified that, like, (laughs) you and the psychologist, like, the psychologist wants to face it and you want to fight it. She's like, I think there's another way. And I'm like, become it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the psychologist has already, like, taken off. Like, she left. She's like, I'm going to the lighthouse. And so it's just sort of like Tessa Thompson and Lena's character left. And then Tessa Thompson is now a tree, so she's no help. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I like that scene a lot, though. Yeah, it was really cool. Mm -hmm. In that... She kind of got to die in at least like a peaceful way way that was very beautiful in a lot of ways. And just the visual of those vines and like flowers coming out of her arms and her scars was so cool. Like, yeah, really cool and and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I liked that a lot. Um, So this is where Lena takes off for the lighthouse after the psychologist. Yeah. And... Should we now go back to the book? Sure. Okay. So we decided to kind of like uh, jump back here because the situation is very similar with uh, the psychologist is heading to the lighthouse and the biologist is pursuing. Yes. In both the book and the movie. Yeah. So back in the book, uh, she gets to the lighthouse and she's investigating Mm -hmm. and her brightness is brighter now. Apparently. And the lighthouse is a weird setup. There's, like, barricades set up around the lighthouse. Yeah. She goes inside, and there seemed to have been some kind of shootout among previous... Um, uh, expeditions. Expedition people. Mm-hmm. And she opens a trap door and discovers in this room below her a mountain of journals yep. of previous expeditions. Just a huge pile of journals that are starting to decay, like, at the bottom, like, because they're just so old. Yeah. And this is such a great visual because this is, you know, accounts of previous expeditions and sort of, like, the theme of the book and the movie, too, of, like, things being changed or, like, returned to nature and kind of, like, decomposing and turning into something else is physically happening with these journals as well. Yeah. It's just sort of, like, this little microcosm of, like, what's happening in Area X in general. But it's so creepy because when she goes down in there and starts, like, looking through them, she quickly realizes, because she's the 12th expedition, she quickly realizes there were more than 12 expeditions. A shit ton more. And she's like, how long has this place been here? You know, what does the Southern Reach know about Area X? Like, how many people have come in here and not come back out? And why are all their journals in the exact same place? Yeah, like, who put them who there? Who puts them here? And also going through them, she realizes a lot of the journals started writing the stuff that's, like, being written on the walls of yeah. the tower. Yeah. This kind of uh, ongoing, like, biblical 
you know, Old Testament Prophecy-esque. <laughs> yeah, this just kind of like crazy writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she climbs to the top of the pile and finds her husband's journal. Yeah. And keeps it. Kind of doesn't read it then, but kind of puts it in her pocket to save. Mm-hmm. And so she goes outside to the lighthouse and she stands on like the railing and looks down and there's the psychologist like laying underneath that balcony, like on the ground. Yeah. Like she clearly fell from the lighthouse. She's like, shit. Oh my God. So she goes down there and the psychologist, as soon as she approaches her, starts screaming over and over again, Annihilation, 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 annihilation. And we're like, ooh, the word of the title. Like, we're here. (laughs) The title of the book in the book. And she finally gets her to shut up and starts talking. Yeah. And um, just starts asking her questions. And we realize that what had happened was the psychologist had been on top of the lighthouse when the biologist showed up. Yeah. And... As she ascended the staircase, the bi- the psychologist kind of freaked out because she's crazy now and, like, yeah. in, you know, infected, too. And so she just jumped off the balcony <laughs> and just And got, now she's dying. She didn't even die. She's no. just got horribly injured and is now dying slowly. And the biologist sort of questions her about, like, what's really going on? Like, what does the Southern Reach know about Area X? And she does get some answers, but, you know, not a lot. Like, there's yeah. still a lot of mystery. Like, the, the psychologist reveals that Area X is growing and that there were expeditions before the, the 12, you know? Mm-hmm. And she also tells her that... Uh, Annihilation was supposed to be a suicide code word. Yeah. So that was like coded into all the members of the team that if a psychologist ever said annihilation, that they would all kill themselves. Yeah. And you're like, shit. Oh my God. <laughs> but of course, the biologist is now immune to that. And the psychologist addresses her infection. Um, and she's like, I know that you're contaminated. She's like, I could see you walking towards the lighthouse and you were a flame. Like you were glowing. I can see it inside you. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> 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 yeah, but we, we definitely wanted to mention like that Annihilation part since that's the title and the movie doesn't keep that aspect of it at all. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it is other context in the book and movie that the movie kind of plays off of, but it was such an interesting um, reasoning in the book. Yeah. You know, so she leaves her. Yeah. The biologist is like, okay, I'm going to go back to camp. And when she kind of looks back, she sees like a green light shining from like where the body of the psychologist is. And she's like, cool. Okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So on her way back, she gets attacked by a thing and she notices on the the pathway the um like the skin the pe- like the peeled off skin like a shell almost of a person yeah and she identifies it later as the psychologist from the previous expedition yeah and then this thing attacks her and she kind of she gets away but she kind of makes this connection that People are being changed into things. Yeah. Like into these creatures creatures or plant life or, um, you know, animals like they got attacked by a boar early on Mm -hmm. and she had a weird feeling about it, like looking into the eyes of it. Yeah. It like was a 
person almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, you know, like I said earlier, when the movie is similar to the book in it's like cross crossbreeding, crossbreeding of DNA that it's kind of similar in the in the book, you know, where humans are turning into animals and weird other things. Um but it's not it's different. Yeah, it's not quite the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so she's on her way back and the surveyor shoots her. Yeah. <laughs> she gets shot, but like it's only in like the arm. And so she's OK. And she kind of says that like the brightness helps her sort of like dodge the bullet so it doesn't hit her like in the chest basically Mm -hmm. um and then she's the surveyor is basically like i know you're contaminated and you're crazy i'm gonna kill you yeah like she was like i knew if you didn't come back with the psychologist that you killed her and you're crazy yeah and i'm not crazy you're crazy (laughs) uh but basically the brightness in uh, the biologist allows her to kind of get the upper hand and heightened the, senses, her heightened senses, her spidey senses. <laughs> <laughs> she gets the jump on the surveyor and ends up having to shoot and kill her. Yeah, she just shoots her, which I was kind of sad about because the surveyor was kind of like, take no shit. The only one that seemed like she was not going crazy or was contaminated, you know? Yeah. And then she just gets shot, which is sad. It is. But you know, the biologist is just like, whatever, I like have to survive. And she takes this opportunity to read her husband's journal. Um, and as she's reading it, she finds out that a bunch of crazy shit went down in the other expedition. Shocker. Yeah. But there's this one part in particular where um, her husband and one of the other members of his expedition are like watching the the tower tunnel area and they see themselves go into the tunnel they see like a procession of doppelgangers of themselves of the whole expedition and the whole expedition going into the tower and they are just freaked out and a crazy light shoots into the sky from the tower yeah and for me this was the point in the book where i'm like okay I'm not going to get any clear answers as to what is going on. Yeah. You know, up until this point, I'm like, you know, maybe the tower has a kind of logic behind it. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's something going on here that will make sense and that will like everything will kind of like fit together. And then at this point, I'm like, now there's like doppelgangers and there's a light shooting into the sky. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not getting I'm not going to (laughs) get any of this. Like, this is all going to be a mystery. But and then her husband kind of like. One by one, everyone in his expedition is kind of like dying. It's just him and this one guy. And the the one guy decides to try to go back to the border to be extracted. And her husband kind of decides as she's reading the journal, he's writing, um, I'm going to stay. I'm going to travel past the lighthouse to this island that I saw when we were doing some expeditions earlier. And I'm just going to see what's there. And he sort of is writing to her a lot, too. He kind of writes notes to her in the journal about like, oh, you would love it here. And, you know, I miss you. And I'm thinking of you. And um, so he just goes into Area X and you're led to understand that the person that came back was not him. Yeah. And it's so creepy it's and it's really such creepy. a good twist. Yeah. Because, you know, you just assume he's weird and acting strange. Like something happened Be- to him to make that. Yeah, because he was like emotionally scarred. Uh, but yeah, which makes sense. But then you realize, oh my God, it wasn't even him. Yeah. It was something else. 
It was some kind of like plant monster turned yeah. into human form. <laughs> so I, I loved that aspect and that twist and mm-hmm. not entirely knowing what happened to her actual husband. Yeah. So kind of a, a open, a leftover mystery in the story, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so essentially, this is when the biologist is like, I'm going into the tower for a final confrontation, confrontation with the crawler. <laughs> Yeah, and this is the part of the book that I didn't like, because mm-hmm. um, she does see the crawler. She experiences it, and it's almost like this, it's it's like over-explained. Like, she has this, like, crazy experience where she doesn't know what she's thinking, everything is crazy, and then the crawler, like, touches her mind, and then it, like, smashes her skull, but then reassembles the particles. It, you know, it just gets super out there more than more than we've already been experiencing yeah and it was too much for me i didn't mind it i i i kind of have a similar feeling with the movie too because the movie gets really weird in a different way yeah but i like that you know the idea that if alien life exists that it's so insanely different than um human life and like carbon-based life that like we can't even perceive perceive it like it's so radically different you know it's not just gray big-headed guys coming off of a ship yeah you know it's something that we haven't even like thought of or can comprehend Mm -hmm. and i kind of like it going to that extreme yeah you know it's it's different and it is a little much in its explanation of this moment of how but I, I even liked the way it was described, the crawler, yeah. because mm-hmm. you kind of picture a big slug or something when she's talking about it before. Yeah. But really, it's this thing that she, like, can't even process mentally. It's like, like, she sees that, like, light and stuff is, like, kind of, fr- it's, like, very fractal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, like, breaking up and reassembling. And, like, she sees all this kind of crazy jumble of well, whatever. And she can't even, like, wrap her brain around what she's looking at. Yeah. Yeah, so... It was wild. She somehow, like, is released from the crawler's mind grab and kind of goes back, kind of keeps going down um, into the tower tunnel. And she gets, like, kind of towards this, like, light at the bottom. And she finds that she can't keep going. Like, whether it's the brightness inside her or something else that is kind of keeping her from going into it... But we're sort of led to believe that this might be a version of the border, if not the border itself, and lead to the outside world somehow. Yeah, essentially that this is where the doppelganger of her husband may be. Yeah. Because they don't know how it got out, basically. Yeah. And they're kind of implying like this is maybe where it left. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now she can't leave out because of her brightness. I didn't get this part at all when I first read it. Like, when you explained it to me, like, okay, I guess I get that. Yeah. But reading it, I'm like, I... What is happening? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Because she she turns around. Yeah, she decides to go back up towards the crawler that almost just killed her. Yeah. But she goes back up, and the crawler just, like, doesn't care about her anymore, I guess, now that it smashed her brain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she, like, looks back at it, and she can kind of, like, see reflected in its many reflected forms the face of like the old lighthouse keeper yeah she saw a photo of him at the lighthouse that was circled yeah and she recognized him and 
So she's led to believe that this lighthouse keeper was the first one to be affected, maybe to like maybe see this thing that if it crashed to Earth or whatever it was. Yeah. And it kind of overtook him. And now he's like the crawler, the crawler. And now he's like bound to write on a wall forever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know entirely what he is bound to do, but something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. But after that, she writes everything down, goes to the lighthouse, drops her journal and her husband's journal onto a pile. And basically her last entry is like, I'm going to follow my husband you know, past the lighthouse towards the island. I don't expect to find him, but I want to see like kind of what he saw. And like, I'm surrendering to area X and to like whatever brightness is happening to me. She's like, who knows? Here I go. Yeah. And that's how it ends. Yeah. So that's the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Movie. Movie. So there's a lot less that happens at this point in the movie. Yeah. You know, backtrack. The psychologist goes to the lighthouse. She follows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved the area around the lighthouse there are like glass crystal trees growing out of the sand yeah which are super cool Mm -hmm. um and she gets to the lighthouse and she sees a hole in it of because we get an image earlier on of some kind of comet meteor shooting through the sky and going into the lighthouse Mm -hmm. and when she gets there she notices this the hole in the lighthouse and then inside of it there's another hole where it like impacted. Yeah. And more fungus. Fungus everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's she, also a camera. And a camera. Yes. The camera pointed to a burnt <laughs> skeleton. Skeleton sitting there. And so she just kind of like pops it open and watches the video and is horrified to see it's a video of her husband, Kane. Yeah. And he's talking to the camera Mm -hmm. and he's kind of going on and on about like, I don't know if I've ever been me or if you've if I've always been you. Um, I can't like take this anymore. My brain is like eating itself alive. So I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And he holds on to a and he tells the camera. Find Lena for me if you get out and you hear a voice say I will. And so he lights the phosphorus grenade and just disintegrates his body, basically. Yeah, he's the burned skeleton. He's the burned skeleton. And you see the person from behind the camera approach, and it's him. It's Kane. It's the doppelganger. It's the doppelhusband. The doppelhusband. <laughs> so it's it's similar to the book in that you know there's a duplicate of him. Yeah. And it's sadder, though, because you know that her actual husband is dead. Yeah. Which Whereas is, in the book, he just like went off into Area X, you know? Yeah. And it's super sad because, you know, her whole drive this entire time was to save who she thought was her husband that was dying at this hospital. And really, it's not. It's some it's something else. Yeah. So uh, then she crawls in the hole. <laughs> She's like, let me go inside this creepy hole. And the psychologist is there. <laughs> yeah. And there's this great shot where the psychologist is facing the camera and has her back turned to Lena and her face is kind of in shadow, but you can tell she doesn't have eyes. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? And then she turns to Lena and she does have eyes. And her now. face is fine. <laughs> and you're like, what? Um, but then she starts spouting off some crazy bullshit. Crazy stuff. People are crazy. You know, I like the one line, though. She's like, there was a time when all I wanted to see was what was in the lighthouse 
and that time has passed. (laughs) And then she starts saying like about like everything will be broken down into atoms, annihilation, annihilation. She vomits up light until her body has disintegrated. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, okay. And then it forms what I kind of took to be as the movie version of what the crawler was. Yeah. In the book. Some kind of being form vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Some kind of cosmic snot vagina. (laughs) That's just like insane to look inside of. Yeah. Um, And while Lena is gazing into its magnificence, a drop of her blood goes into it, is like pulled into it. Yeah. And then it starts forming a human looking shape. Yep. Which Lena tries shooting to no avail. And then she's like, gotta get the fuck out. She's running away. She gets out of the hole. She comes back up into the lighthouse room and that form is there. Yeah. And it's kind of a metally looking like basic shaped person. Yeah. Uh, and this begins the weird fight thing she has with it It, it's like she's trying to fight it but it's also just kind of mirroring mirroring her actions yeah but then it like presses her up against the wall and it's just like uh, up against her (laughs) like suffocating her yeah she like makes a break for the door at one point yeah and she kind of slams into it and before she can get it open it slams into her yeah and then it's just kind of pressing into her like really hard until she passes out, and then it, like, falls with her. Yeah. The whole thing was kind of cool. It was like a dance. It was, It was like, a dance. It was like a Sia music video, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so this, this figure is just mirroring the other's yeah. movements. Yeah. yeah, I expected Shia LaBeouf to be, like, shirtless at one point <laughs> to come out. And <laughs> but that's what it reminded me of, and I kind of liked that. Yeah. Um, And then she eventually gets the idea... And the way she does this is very, very close to being funny. Yeah. I think it avoids it, but it's almost funny. She just, like, slowly reaches into this army bag that's there and pulls out another phosphorus grenade. Yeah. And the thing is kind of, like, mirroring her. Yeah. And then she, like, just slowly reaches it out and puts it in the alien's hands. (laughs) Like, just carefully. Just like, okay, here, take this. And now I'm just going to pull this pin. (laughs) She just like pulls the pin and then just runs for the door. And the whole thing just blows up on the alien. The doppelganger alien. Yeah. Whatever it is. Before it does, you see it's actually taking her shape. Yeah. And And looking like her. And at first it doesn't have eyes, which explains like why the psychologist didn't at first. Yeah. Um, And so now it's on fire, like this phosphorus grenade. And Lena gets out in time to look back at it. And this was also another almost funny comical part. Yeah. The alien is just on fire. <laughs> and then he just touches like the hus- the skeleton husband and yeah. catches it on fire and is like, oh, and then it touches the wall <laughs> and catches that on fire and everything's on fire. And it's like, mm, I'm just going to go into my hole. I'm going to go back into the hole. <laughs> and then it sets the whole hole on fire. And it's like, this is fine. <laughs> And then, like, Lena's outside, and she sees that the whole lighthouse is on fire. And then all the glass trees catch on fire. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like the hole was sort of like a, a root system, yeah. I'm going to say, that yeah. was connected to the rest of Area X. And everything just catches on fire. And 
at this point, we go back to the flash forwards where she's being interviewed. And so we're, we're led to believe like, oh, she like got back out after this. And the people that are interviewing her say like the shimmer stopped, like everything is gone now. Like it was somehow destroyed. Yeah. So somehow she destroyed it. They went back to the lighthouse. It was just a pile of ash. Yeah. Um, and they were asking, you know, if everything you said is true, we think it's dead. Blah, blah, blah. We she, think it's an alien. You yeah. Know. And then she says, can I see my husband? And they're like, yeah, he stabilized after that thing uh, died. Like, and the shimmer went away. He got better. Mm-hmm. So she goes into his room and we get the odd, like, creepy, unsettling conclusion where yeah. she is like, you're not my husband, are you? He's like, I don't think so. <laughs> like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, are you Lena? And then she doesn't say anything, but they just hug each other. And then, like, her eyes kind of, like, glint. And then that's the end. And his eyes glint the same color. Yeah. And then that's it. And also, when the doppelganger was, like, forming, um, taking her shape when, the gren- like, she was handing her the grenade, you could see that the doppelganger had this, like, uh, infinity loop tattoo. Mm-hmm. Like, a huge one on her arm. And then we see that the Lena that they're interviewing, the one that made it out also has that tattoo and the Lena of the flashbacks before she went into area X and while she was in area X did not have that tattoo. And, and they kind of, I think point this out because at one point she has a bruise on her arm Yeah, and it's in the forearm at that exact spot where that infinity symbol would have been. So I remembered that I'm like, yeah, that was not, there at that time. So you're like, did the doppelganger survive somehow? And now this is the doppelganger. Was there another doppelganger of Lena that is now here? Is she just like infected by the doppelganger? And this is like the infection. We we have no idea. Yeah, and because we never also see like how she was like extracted by the Southern Reach. No. You know, we don't or how see, she got out. Yeah, after the lighthouse is burning, it's just cut to her in the interrogation room. Yeah, basically. So. A lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of am more led to believe, like, I don't know. Do you think there's a solid answer? I I think we're supposed to believe it's a doppelganger. Okay. Is my idea. Yeah. Because she's not Lena. That's not her husband. So they're like two people that are not each other, but together. I don't yeah. know. It's kind of strange. I guess then I'm a little... I don't like that only because the movie sets up so clearly that like Lena is still alive yeah. and that thing is dying on, on fire. And if that thing did get out as her and was extracted, like there's a lot of mental jumps you have to make yeah. to figure out how, this, how that could have happened, how this could have happened exactly. And where the original Lena is. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause Thinking back on the final confrontation, I don't think there's, like, no way they could have switched in that moment. No. Like, she definitely got out, and that thing was definitely on fire. Yeah. So, I guess I just don't... Unless it was, like, well, no, because when it gets on fire, it it's not her on fire. It's, like, the shape of the thing on fire. Yeah, yeah. It, so... It doesn't look like her anymore no. at that point, so it's definitely not... Her. Lena. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, um, 
maybe just the infection took over her. Yeah. And it kind of did the same thing that that thing was becoming. Yeah. I don't maybe. know. It, it, something that I think is very uh, funny about this conclusion, though, is, you know, this movie at a certain point when it made the prism explanation, yeah. I'm like, OK, this is making a very clear explanation as to what is weird about this place yeah. and what is going on. And I'm like, OK, I get it now. This movie's going to be more straightforward than the book. And then we get this doppelganger doppelganger final conclusion and I'm back to having no clue what's going on. Yeah. I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. It's yeah, I think both endings are very open-ended and you're left with a lot of mystery. Mm-hmm. Um in the ca- in the case of the book like we don't know what happened to her husband and then we also don't know what happened to the biologist at the end. Like they could both be alive but they could also both be dead. And in the movie, her real husband is definitely dead. Yeah. And this is like a fake person. And then she might be a fake person too. We don't know. Yeah. It's just like weird in different ways. Yeah. Unless, is it possible that her husband, the guy who blew himself up in the video is, was the doppelganger? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. But I don't know. And also he says... Like, she asks if, if he's her husband at the end, and he's like, I don't think so. Yeah, but you'd also <laughs> be crazy and fucked up after everything that would have happened. It's true. So, it's totally true. <laughs> I would probably say that, too. I'd be like, I don't think I'm me. I don't know anymore. This is definitely a mind bender, guys. It You're is. like, I don't know. I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, final final question, final Jeopardy. Uh what did you like better? I liked the book better. Yeah. Yeah. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's such an interesting, like, crazy trip of a book because it's not just what's happening in the book. It takes you on a ride, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's under 200 pages. It's short, but it there's so much going on in there and it's written so well. And there are parts that I liked better than others, but it did such a good job of creating this atmosphere of mystery, creepiness and uh, sci-fi otherworldliness. And I liked that there were a lot of questions. Like we don't know if it was an alien or not in the movie. You see like a meteor hit the lighthouse right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, Oh, it's extraterrestrial. It came from space. Whereas in the book, you're like, who knows what it is? It could have been like some kind of experiment that went wrong and now is like running, wrecking havoc, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, the book also has that like paranoia weirdness with like the government side yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And so much of the weirdness is psychological between the hypnosis and not trusting people. The misinformation. Yeah. And... I do enjoy that level of weirdness in the book because it felt so different than, you know, the movie was definitely more of just a sci-fi. Yeah. um, Strangeness going on. Still unique um, for sure, even in that realm, Uh, but definitely just more of a straight sci-fi as opposed to the book, which is kind of a sci-fi psychological hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good description. Um, But I... I think I need to see the movie again. Yeah. Um, before I could ever fully say for sure. Because I really did like it. I did like things a 
about it maybe more than the book. Mm-hmm. Um, They're very different. I mean, the plot, the beginning plot is the same, but then they diverge a lot. Yeah. I, I want to say I almost like the confrontation between Lena and the alien at the end of the movie more. Really? Yeah. I it was kind a of, little too weird for me. I don't know. I kind of liked that weird dance, like, fight kind of weirdness you know i thought that was very interesting even though it verged on like the comical Mm -hmm. um boy i guess i would have to go with the book i guess only because it was so unique and i really couldn't put it down when i was reading it yeah um but but the movie is very interesting too i would definitely recommend seeing it as long as you know what you're going into and if you've watched the trailer you probably do know that it's just going to be like a wild ride of craziness (laughs) i'll say the book too but there's a big old asterisk beside that because i really can't say until i see the movie again and i'm i'm a fan of alex garland as a director i think he did a great job with this movie Mm -hmm. um it's, it's really good. You should see it. Everyone should go see it. Yeah. Also read Annihilation. And also I'm probably going to read the second and third book too. I really don't think they'll make a second and third movie. No. Um. So I think we can enjoy them separately with the second and third book. Not have yeah. to compare. Yeah. I'm, I was definitely, I wanted to pick up the second book like almost immediately after I finished the first one, mm-hmm. after I finished Annihilation. Yeah. So I'll probably get to that, but... The second one is called Authority. Yeah. Ooh. And is more about the Southern Reach, apparently. Yeah. Which would be good, because that's, like, the thing I wanted to know about. Yeah. And then the third one is called Acceptance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, if you like if you like Annihilation, check it out, I'm guessing. Yeah. Hopefully they're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. The book for both. Yep. The book is better, but still see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's do lightning round. Lightning round. So, uh, my first lightning round thing is the, in the movie, it was very jarring and strange, but when she watches that video of her husband at the end, as soon as he starts talking, he, and he's played by Oscar Isaacs, who's Mm -hmm. a great actor. He has a really thick Southern accent. And like the rest of the movie, he hasn't had an accent in any of the flashbacks. No. And like, I thought I maybe detected a point or two, like a twinge of a Southern accent in flashbacks and stuff. But as soon as he gets on the video, he's like, am I who I think I am? (laughs) (laughs) Like, It's so heavy. (laughs) And I was like, am I crazy? Like, why... And I'm going to have to go back and like, because I haven't read the IMDb facts yet. Maybe there there might be something in there that explains this. I'll tweet it if there is. But (laughs) it was very jarring and confusing. Yeah, that was really weird. (laughs) Uh, In the book, when the biologist is like walking to the lighthouse, she sees like these two dolphins kind of like swimming up the river. And she's like, weird. Why are dolphins in this river? Okay, whatever. It's area X. But then she like catches the eye of the one dolphin and she like feels it looking at her. She's like, it was kind of like a human eye. And I'm like, okay, you're crazy. Like whatever. But then later when she's reading her husband's diary and stuff, she sort of wonders if her husband is the dolphin (laughs) i'm like i don't know if you have enough evidence to (laughs) to conclude this biologist like i don't know what you're thinking but she was like was that was that eye familiar to me not just because it was human but because maybe it was like 
an eye that I know very well slash might be my husband. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see it, Adina. You didn't see the look that Dolphin gave her. The look that her. he gave her. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where am I at? Oh, uh, so in this movie, there's a lot of flashbacks to them. You know, like laying in bed together, talking and, you know, different scenes like that, kind of establishing their bond. But the one I loved the most was them just sitting on the couch together and they're just sitting there reading and it kind of stays on that for a minute. And then at one point he just looks up to her and says, hey. Yeah. And then it cuts to her crying like in Area X over him. Yeah. And it was so heartbreaking. And I love that scene um, because it's just so real. And I mean, for you and I, we sit together and read, you know, pretty frequently. Yeah. And I feel like in a lot of movies when they try to do these like flashbacks to them, they're always like at a carnival. Super cheesy. Or on the beach. And it's like there's just music, no dialogue. And they're like spinning. Mm -hmm. And they keep reusing that same footage over and over again. Um, But this was just such a simple way to do it that I think struck accord with me and i would guess a lot of other people such a tender moment yeah yeah and it being in that cut to her crying Mm -hmm. so bad so harshly over it was so sad but yeah a really great moment in the movie uh switching gears a little bit uh in the book the biologist talks about how when her husband first comes back and she doesn't know that he's a doppelganger at this point, they have sex. <laughs> they have sex two times. They have sex two times. And when she realizes that it was a doppelganger, she doesn't like make the connection or doesn't talk about making the connection that who was I fucking? Yeah. <laughs> who was I having sex with? <laughs> who was that guy? Who or what? <laughs> and who knows if that had some kind of effect on her. It could have. Like, she could have been contaminated from the beginning. Yeah, I don't know when she was in Area X. Who knows? But <laughs> yeah, those are our lightning round moments. Who was that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Who is he? <laughs> He's so clueless and weird. <laughs> so uh, if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter, we are at Covered Credits. That's the number two. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, if you're on iTunes, give us a star rating. Uh, you know, if you feel like it, uh, it help, everything helps. And then find us on Patreon for additional content. We'll post articles and little factoids about the movie mm-hmm. and, you know, Annihilation in general in the following week or two. So and we also have a bonus podcast that comes out once a month. If, for all our patrons. For all of our patrons at any level, you get access to that. And your money goes to a good cause, helping us put this podcast on yeah and just keeping it going pay for those movie tickets we mm-hmm. want to do some soundproofing in our studio area all good stuff yeah yeah and then next week or next episode i should say yeah we're we, gonna do high fidelity yes by what's his name nick hornby nick hornby mm-hmm. uh the movie that also stars i'm gonna think of his name john cusack john cusack <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, love the movie, and we'll be talking about the book, so it's going to be a good time. Yep. Get, switch it up from the weird craziness. Weird craziness. We Let's get a little comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.